Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me on this horror voyage is Tim. <laughs> I thought you were going to say horror show, which kind of sounds like it could go two ways. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it could be a horror show because it's horrifically bad. That's uh, Isn't that a joke we always crack when we watch a really bad movie? Well, it was horrific in this sense. Uh, that, that's what you always crack because you're a hack, and I, <laughs> I, I, I don't repeat jokes. I'm so, I'm sorry. Every, every time you mention that you like the boy as a repeated joke, because I, I can't take it as anything else but that. Thank you very much. <sighs> yeah, we talk about horror movies on that show. It's a horror movie podcast. Uh, the main event, of course, this this episode is going to be Annabelle Comes Home, the third Annabelle movie, and the sixth, no, seventh uh, Conjuring Universe movie overall, I believe, if, I, if my quick math checks out in my head. I forgot about Curse of La Llorona. I forgot that counted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, seven. That's eighth. Or... No, because two Conjurings, two Annabelles yeah. is four, the Nun's five, mm-hmm. uh, right. La Llorona's six. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. everything, right? Yeah. And then, so, yeah, so Annabelle comes on would be seventh. Yeah, yeah. And presu- yeah. Presumably Conjuring 3, if that's next, would be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would be number eight. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, tons of them. It's, it's the thing, it's half <laughs> the content we put out seems to be either a Bloomhouse or the Conjuring mm-hmm. universe. <laughs> that seems to yeah. be the, <laughs> the, the way things go. Uh, so that'll well, be the, the main I thing. I think... Uh, WB is just happy they finally got a cohesive cinematic universe. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> More cohesive than the attempt at DC, perhaps. I don't know if I'd go sure. as far to call uh, everything outside of the two Conjuring movies uh, cohesive. <laughs> uh, not, not talking about this one yet. We'll talk about Annabelle Comes Home and my feelings on that later. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that close to the chest. But uh, I think my opinions on the previous spinoffs are well documented at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, so obviously, yeah, we do, we have reviewed all these previous movies. You can go check those out uh, on the franchise playlist on YouTube, or just search the the, the, the audio feed, whatever you do. Uh, but before we get to the movie, though, uh, these days we also talk about horror movie news. We start the show with some some tidbits, some some gossip, <laughs> as it were. Hmm. It's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're going. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Tim's laughing at me too much. I can't. I can't focus on a good, <laughs> a good intro. Well, it's uh, it, it, yeah, it's kind of funny because uh, well, we're we're starting to do this, but I feel like yeah, we haven't had any like huge major news. I don't know. It feels like kind of a light week to me, but I don't know if maybe if you have any juicy <laughs> tips that you found, little bits. Uh, I've got I've got a few things here, and most we'll see okay. if they turn right. to be interesting. Uh, that, I mean, I, I I make no promises to to, to that extent. <laughs> Um, first things first on the, the horror news here. Um, Orion, mm. um, which amusingly says it's the studio behind the Prodigy mm. and Child's play, uh, like the new one. <laughs> and all, all, yeah. I, all I can think though is like, yeah, but no, it's Robocop and Terminator. <laughs> that's, that's Orion. It's also a character from DC. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Yes, one of the new gods. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so they've got... I do, uh, I do oh. love their logo, I must say. I, I do love the logo. Well, because yeah. they came back, there was, there was like a new version of Orion now that are doing these movies. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the version I'm thinking of, it's the same logo. I got really nostalgic when I saw it before whatever movie yeah. it was. But um, 
you know, it was Robocop and Terminator. Those are the two movies that I think of when I think of Orion. You know, the, the little stars mm-hmm. come in and make the O and then, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very pretty. Uh, yeah, so you're familiar with uh, the, the, the Momo Challenge. Oh, uh, yeah, that was like an internet thing that was going around for a while, right? It was, uh, mm-hmm. was it like you had, you, was it basically just watching a video or like a scary thing, <laughs> something like that? Um, honestly, I never, I was never that familiar with this. Uh, you definitely were more familiar with it at one point because someone on Twitter this week pointed out that we, pre- or you predicted that this might be a thing okay. uh, on an old episode. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I think, uh, you know, my wife, uh, you know, is a teacher, and I, I think she mentioned... You think uh, your wife is a teacher? Tim, get yeah. to know your wife better! No, no. She, <laughs> she is a teacher, but I think she mentioned before that her students were talking about it, because it's one of those, like, young things, like, young internet things that was going around. But I, I'm not sure what the challenge aspect of it, but I believe Momo was essentially, like, an art, uh, I think a sculpture of, like, a very scary... Um, I, I think it was Japanese like um mm. you know kind of like creature looking thing and then i think the the headlines in it were coming from like you know parents were saying that uh you know their their kids uh were saying that momo was gonna get them or that you're watching something and like momo would pop up and then uh there there's some whole internet lore thing about it but yeah <laughs> so I, i'm assuming the news is they're making a movie about it now <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would be the news. I'm just, I'm imagining, I'm imagining you at a party and someone just says, "Hey, Tim, what is your wife doing?" You're just like, "Um, I think it's something to do with education, <laughs> something in that ballpark." Well, you know, we keep our uh, work lives separate. We, we don't. <laughs> that's, that's the key to a happy marriage. <laughs> the work stays at work; doesn't come yeah, home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah no so my wife asked me how my day was i just (laughs) stare at her (laughs) (laughs) oh we could make like a darkly funny horror comedy with about your marriage tim i think just you tim how was your day (laughs) it's like dramatic music (laughs) yeah uh the audio people did not the audio listeners did not get my stare there that i did but just know it was good Uh, yeah Maybe go to YouTube once in a while if you're an audio listener. <laughs> sure. Or enjoy the podcast as you enjoy it. I don't know. Tim, Tim what are you doing? Stop. stop. Wait. You you know we like the audio listeners a little less. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know it. <laughs> We've talked about it before. <laughs> we have not. How dare you? Um, so, yes, Momo Challenge, a uh, viral thing of a joke. Ed producer Roy Lee's Vertigo Entertainment mm-hmm. and producer Taka Ichisi. Uh, is Vertigo is not DC Vertigo, is it? No, 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 no. This okay. is. I don't think <laughs> I so. Anyway, that. I thought they got cancelled. Well, no, nah, but yeah, because because Vertigo from DC is not a separate company called Vertigo Entertainment. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, so it's a viral internet video. Um, the details. <laughs> Maybe of... if we if we ever uh, you know get up to that level on Patreon where we do a monthly stream, maybe one of the things we can do is the Momo challenge. Oh, don't promise that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're not a million miles away from it, though, folks. If you want to go to the Patreon, mm-hmm. Patreon.com/slash TV, you can uh, you can support us for as little as a dollar per month, and you'll get us closer to our monthly streams after midnight. <laughs> also, there's a link to my Amazon wish list in the the top post if you want to buy me something pretty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just in case any millionaires decide they want to buy me like a yeah. 
big TV or something. Uh, <laughs> um, I should put a boat on Amazon. Did Amazon sell boats? <laughs> Probably. Uh, anyway, so here's the details from uh, from Deadline. The sculpture by Japanese artist uh, Kisuke Asawa. It was part of a 2016 gallery exhibit in, in Tokyo. It is actually called Motherbird, but its bizarre visage was appropriated last year by the Pixel Pranksters who concocted rumours about Momo's Challenge, a sorry game that purport- purportedly encourages children to endanger or injure themselves. Uh, so the, the movie doesn't actually technically have a title yet, but mm-hmm. um, Momo, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, if... we had Mama, so why not Mama? <laughs> <laughs> and then we can complete the trilogy with Mimi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd see that. Mama, Momo, and Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably, if they did that, I'd probably buy the box set just because, you know, it, it's funny. <laughs> oh, suspect so uh, at the bottom here. But... I, I, from Blythe Disgusting, as you may recall, another Momo Challenge-based horror movie is also in the works that is titled The Getaway and is being directed by Lilton Stewart III. So there's actually two Momo Challenge movies in development. You know, there is like some... I, I do like the kind of creepy aspects of the internet where they have like... It's almost like a new age kind of urban legend folklore thing to it, which I do think is kind of cool, but like... I don't know. I don't think we need movies out of it. It's like you just know there's no way this is gonna be good. Like, not to be pessimistic. I mean, <laughs> obviously we'll see it. I'll, I'll keep an open mind, but I mean, it's it does not sound like it. Well, I think the problem is it's like. Uh, <laughs> I'm just so the... sorry. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll keep an open mind. Ten seconds after, there's, you know, there's no way this is going to be good. I'll keep an open mind. <laughs> well, here here's like what's troubling about this is like um, obviously like when anything is too popular, um, you know, the people that are making the movies, you know, it's not like these film auteurs that are like, oh, I I, I want to do this. It's like obviously just studios, you know, wanting to make a quick cash in on on something that has you know some you know social cachet at the moment like so that's you know it doesn't really scream like a a great breeding ground for art but i don't know i'm sure you're excited i I am not thank you very much no i agree i think that the problem isn't the the concept itself like i actually like i think the idea that something's hidden in the internet right the idea that there's something on the internet that's hidden could actually make a really good movie um in a number of ways but every single version of that we've seen well it's a ghost on the internet or you know whatever every version of that we've seen uh with the exception i think i like unfriended although that, that's less to do with the internet yeah. and more just a direct thing um yeah. but the, the idea of like finding secret like backdoor you know on the on the the uh what, what, what do we call it internet <laughs> no the uh the, the 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 more hidden version of the internet that's deeper oh, all like the, the dark web deep web the, yeah dark web whatever you call that um like so the idea the idea don't, of fight- don't act like you're not on there 24 7 <laughs> <laughs> the shady shit you do <laughs> <laughs> i want to crack a joke about what i'm doing on the dark web every day but i can't think of it and it's uh suitable <laughs> for for audience <laughs> listening um so um yeah, it's probably going to suck, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but we'll see it, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to do it. So we'll give them our 40 bucks or whatever. 40? You know, 
movies are expensive. It's like 20 bucks each. Although, you know, it was funny. Uh, I was like aghast when I uh, was visiting home in Rhode Island uh, you know, a week or two ago. The movie prices, I was like astounded by <laughs> how cheap they are. Like, yeah, I was paying like nine, 10 bucks to go to a movie. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, the, you know, because usually I pay like, you know, 16, 17 out here. It's ridiculous. Ah, that's, that's interesting. Um it's like gas prices, I guess. <laughs> like some, you know, places you go have it lower. Uh, to be fair, the theaters out here are pretty nice, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's like twice the price. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's true everywhere. I mean, Connor's always telling me about his cheap theater tickets, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so half what a me- what drives me crazy is uh the the arc light out here is a really nice theater and you know when i lived in my old apartment it was uh you know, really close to me it was really nice but it drove me crazy because they didn't have matinee prices like mm. so it, it was basically you know the same throughout the whole day so it's like and my thing is i used to like to go to like you know early like saturday mornings for screenings or what you know weren't as many people around so so you can't knock off like you know one or two bucks uh, was- although to be fair though i usually bought the senior ticket so i did get a bit of a discount <laughs> no one checks that so shocking tip shocking you're hearing it all here first uh, what's funny is that uh my theater does have matinee although not at the weekend i think if you go anytime saturday sunday it doesn't count like it's just full price all day but monday to friday yeah. yeah monday to friday's uh get matinee however the the gap between the the regular matinee has shrunk considerably over the years <laughs> Uh, I remember yeah. I I mean I remember theater tickets when I was like in school specifically like early school and it was like five pounds for a ticket full price or like three pounds matinee. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's nine twenty full price and eight matinee. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's like not even like much of a discount, and people wonder why. Like, well, why are people going to the movies as much? It's like it kind of sucks. <laughs> like <laughs> you're making it harder for us. You know, yeah, everything's overpriced, and then like you know, you get there and some idiot is like screaming in your face. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I've been having bad experience uh, theater experiences lately. But <laughs> yeah, sucks. That always sucks. Anyway, next news item. Only took 15 minutes for that first one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, Nia DaCosta and Jordan Peele's Candyman is going to begin shooting in Chicago this August. So, next month. Um, Very excited. Don't know a whole lot about it. Um, It's unclear how exactly it connects to the original trilogy, if Tony Todd will be making an appearance or anything like that. Um, but there's a new Candyman and going to be in production starting next month. Uh, obviously, when the new one's coming out, we'll probably go back and uh, review the the original three. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know that. Well, I know there's at least two that were like I, I think were in theaters, and then yeah, there might have been like a th- maybe like a third straight to DVD. Uh, I I can't specifically recall. I think but. there was. I only ever saw the first one, and it was a lot. I, I barely remember that first Candyman movie, but um, it's really good. <laughs> I will say that I get. Uh, I think I watched it like twice last year because I I'd gotten like I I got it on Blu-ray, but it was like one of those like australian umbrella blu-rays i don't like and then uh what i mean no offense to it but it's just like you know it's uh like a like a different size and stuff and then um yeah it wasn't as good but then they released like a scream factory (laughs) blu-ray of it so i was like oh i guess i'll get it again (laughs) 
watch it again. Wait, hold on. I, I zoned out there for a second. Were you complaining about the different size of case of, of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Blu-ray? Um, yeah, because I, I, don't, I don't know if you have those umbrella Blu-rays. I, I think that, I want to say that they might be, I don't know, UK or Australian or something. They, they're usually, um, I, I think, region-free because they, they you know work on my players. But uh, every now and again, there'll be like a movie that's just available on that on Blu-ray. Um. Well, I, well, I mean, the UK and Australia have the thicker cases. Uh, mainland Europe doesn't. They have the thin cases. Um, mm. my, my collection's a complete 50-50 split, though. I, I have so many, like, UK and American discs. Like, like it's, it's just all over the place in terms of the, the thickness. Uh, yeah. th- they're all the same height, though, which is nice. So they all look good in the show. Yeah, I do Yeah, I do like that. Just Yeah, sometimes the width gets me, and then they always have that, like, I don't know, that, like, blue 18 <laughs> thing on it. Oh, that's uh, that sounds like Australia to me. Was it a big square? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Australia. That's the Australian rating system. Um, but sometimes you gotta do it. Like I just bought Orca on Blu-ray, and you know it's only available through Umbrella. So I was like, well, I guess oh, <laughs> I guess I'm getting another one. Also, the width gets me. Tim Vergulish, 2019. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tenona Paris, who was in If Beale Street Could Talk, is going to play uh, the lead character in the film. Uh, she's the girlfriend of an art dealer obsessed with the legend of Candyman. Uh, that's all we really know about it. So, uh, well, can- I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, Candyman starts shooting next month. Uh, next up, we have uh, some casting for Lee Wannell's Invisible Man. Um, so you you watched the, the the Haunting of Hill House, yes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the younger brother in that movie. Like the drug addict? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, Oliver Jackson Cohen's his name. Um, he has landed the lead role. He will be the uh, presumably the Invisible Man. Uh, to to Elizabeth Moss's not so invisible woman. <laughs> uh, well, cool. I'm excited about this. Yeah, uh, just to give you the, the description again, Wiles Invisible Man follows Cecilia, who receives the news of her abusive ex-boyfriend's suicide. She begins to rebuild her life for the better. However, her sense of reality is put into question when she begins to suspect that her deceased lover is not actually dead. Um, that, that, this could work so well as a horror movie. I mean, obviously, the original's kind of a horror movie, but this idea that he's stalking his, his, his girlfriend when she thinks he's dead, but he's only just invisible, mm-hmm. is actually, I think, a really good idea. I like it, and you know we're, we're both big fans of the original, and mm-hmm. um, you know it's something that hasn't been done like a gazillion times. Like you know, I love Dracula, but there's you know like a million Dracula movies, and you know Frankenstein, Wolfman stuff. So uh, you know it's cool to see the Invisible Man getting some love. Yeah, uh, lower budget, Bloomhouse Universal. Uh, it's got a release date of March thirteenth, twenty twenty. So it's coming. Oh wow! Relatively <laughs> soon. Yeah, that's close to my birthday as well. Oh. Oh, the big three five. Uh, no, three four. Ah, well, <laughs> so close. <laughs> You're older, older than you look. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, next up, we have a, a new film in the works. Uh, that's called Dreamcatcher, although it's spelled with a K. Uh, you know, Dream uh... K A T C H E R. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's related to Mortal Kombat. I don't know. That's like, what, that was my first thought. Like, yeah. uh, but Lynn Shea is going to be in it, as is Rada Mitchell, who... Uh, Rada Mitchell, I mainly know her from uh, Pitch Black. Uh, she was also in okay. The Crazies and Silent Hill. 
Uh, oh, all right. So, cool. uh, and then Henry Thomas, who was in The Haunt in a Hill House, funnily enough, uh, another actor from okay. that, getting more horror work. In fact, the movie we're going to talk about today, Annabelle Comes Home, has a, an actor from The Haunt in a Hill House in it. So, those actors are yes. making the rounds. Really yep. making the rounds. Uh, so, yeah, it's called Dreamcatcher. Um, the film follows a Manhattan therapist, uh, played by Mitchell, who travels upstate with her boyfriend, uh, played by Thomas. Um, and his orphan uh, and, and his orphan son who's tormented by nightmares of his dead mother is he technically orphaned if his father's still alive uh, not sure how it works <laughs> I would Maybe. debate that I, <laughs> I feel like you're only an orphan if both parents get snuffed but you know what, 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 <laughs> <Snuffed>. <laughs> okay. uh, when the husband is forced to return to the city the therapist remains with the boy and they encounter a mysterious neighbour played by Lynn Shea in the woods uh, okay. <laughs> it sounds it. like there's a lot going on. In Inter- Interestingly, the, the kids played by Finley Wootak Hizong, uh, which is a very interesting name. Um, but it mentions that he's in the Banana Split movie, which is another one that we're going uh-huh. to be doing at some point because yeah. it looks like a ridiculous horror movie. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, Kerry Harris is writing the script, or sorry, is directing, uh, and the script is by Dan V. Shia. Um, based on a story by both of them. So, um, who knows? I mean, I, mean I, I don't know these names well enough to th- think there's a reason to ex- expect quality, but obviously the actors aren't bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously I like Lin Shay and, you know, everyone else is uh, competent enough. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to get too excited from that plot description because <laughs> it sounds uh, yeah, a little crazy and unfocused, but I mean, definitely eh, could be cool. I'll, uh, again, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is, is she like a crazy neighbor, who, or is it supernatural, or is it what? I mean, I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I guess we will find out. Eventually, yeah. What's up, Firefly? <laughs> My cats. Yeah, the. Uh, I mean, we all know movie. Usually, movies called Dreamcatcher rule. So, uh, you know, I have high, high hopes <laughs> for this one. Uh, I haven't seen any movies called Dreamcatcher, so I can't. Uh... I mean, you never saw the early two thousands. Uh, was it who? Who's in Jason Lee? Uh, Thomas Jane, uh, Morgan Freeman, Dreamcatcher. I think I'm happy to say that I have not. Mm. Well, we'll probably have to do it on. I mean, you're gonna have to do it on on one show eventually. I don't know if that <laughs> would count as sci-fi or horror, but huh. you're gonna get stuck doing it at some point. It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Uh, next up, there's going to be an extended cut of Midsummer. Uh, it'll be NC-17. Oh, yeah, I saw this. And That's it'll cool. be 30 minutes longer than the original cut. Uh, so we, I, I think we talked about in the review last week that uh, uh, Ari Aster did have... Uh, the initial cut was like four hours, but that was never meant... That was never like a cut he wanted people to see. Um, <laughs> but there would, ne- there would possibly be a director's cut with 25 or so more minutes. And it sounds like um, this is going to happen. Um, and people will get to watch uh, an extended version. So if you want it yeah. to be even more like prolonged, <laughs> painful, and yeah. soul crushing, uh, you're getting a chance. So, uh, yeah, quick, quick one, quick one. Uh, next up, Sam Raimi is teasing a return of the Evil Dead franchise. Yes. Um. So I'm going to read the. So. Yes. Uh. So, early work has begun on a new movie. Um, there's an interview with Bloody Disgusting uh, about Crawl because uh, Rami's producing that um, but yeah 
So apparently, having Bruce Bruce Campbell and Rob Tapper have all all been talking about it, and they're discussing what to do. They'd like to make another one, and they're working on ideas right now. Uh, what surprises me about that is that, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Ashby's Evil Dead ended, didn't Bruce Campbell say something like, "This is the Swan Song," and like this is him he, done playing Ash? And yeah, he, he seemed like he was very, you know, adamant about him never playing the character again uh he, he does keep mentioning that he is doing the voice in like an upcoming video game um so not sure you know how far along that is but other than that he seemed like no this is it i'm definitely done like you know it's yeah like you said it's like yeah my farewell song but i mean yeah, obviously you know it seems like you know he's i think probably still pretty good friends with sam and stuff so and i'm assuming probably the other producers so i mean who knows maybe if they have a really good idea that you know they can kind of lure him back uh, i'm sure especially if there's a lot of money involved but uh <laughs> you know uh but then i, I think uh, I, I don't know if you saw the article i think it also states that um you know they it seems like they have all their bases covered though because said they have like an idea if bruce wants to come back an idea if he doesn't want to come back and an idea if uh you know the uh if they want to continue the reboot as well so it seems like they kind of you know have a contingency plan for every option sure i think i have to admit i think the one i'm more hopeful for is continuing the reboot I yeah, and I I I love Bruce Campbell. I love I love those original yeah. Evil Dead movies. Uh, the TV show was a lot of fun. Uh, but I really like that reboot, and I I would love Jane Levi to come back and be like the badass in a new Evil Dead yeah. movie. Yeah, that's totally fair. I'm a big fan of the reboot as well. Uh, I I mean I love Bruce Campbell. I'd always love to you know see him continue. But again, like you know we got the was it three seasons of the TV show, so that's like a lot of hours of you know that version of evil dead which i love but like uh yeah it might be cool to see you know some uh some new stuff yeah it seems like it's early days to really expect anything anytime soon and obviously i mean how, how many years were was evil dead 4 <laughs> been talked about before that's true the reboot happened yeah. like it, it, was, it was consistent but or constant <laughs> rather but um yeah uh so last thing on the news this week is we got a trailer for for the new installment in the long-running The Ring franchise, a new Japanese film with the original director, Hideo Nakata, coming back to direct. Oh, cool. It's called Sadako. Just Sadako. Uh, not to be confused with the two previous Sadakos, which I think were Sadako 3D and whatever the second one was called. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, so we got a trailer for this, about two minutes long. Um, How did you feel? Uh, first of all, before I mention that, uh, just some cool. thing that blew my mind that I did not know is, uh, <clears throat> I, we were in the Your way museum the of, <laughs> no, uh, we're in the museum of modern pop culture, uh, and they had this big exhibit on, uh, horror stuff. And, um, they had this thing where they had like, uh, you know, these little kind of, canvas illustration things of like different horror villains and then they would have their stats and they had like the number of movies that they appeared in and they had you know obviously like you know freddy jason michael myers everything and then um they had a sadako on there and i was looking at it and for the number of movies she appeared in it said 14 <laughs> which i thought was like insane like because i i know you know she's been in a lot and i know there were like a few like you know we covered them for the show but i know there was like a few that um 
kind of like you know smaller like japanese ones that kind of flew under the radar that like we didn't see but like Hold on. This, i didn't are, are, think there was that many i have a question is this is this including the american two films because technically that's not sadako's in that because that's she's, true she's got a different name so i was curious if they're counting those uh, i'm not sure I, I would have to like like obviously this was just like a little yeah. you know picture thing that wasn't like it didn't list everything so I, i'd have to like i'm sure it's on wikipedia or imdb or something but um yeah i'd be interested to know that because then that's crazy if there's even more ring movies other than they're not even including the remakes um okay but so that that aside though um this trailer uh i wasn't super into um nothing about it looked super interesting um or or new and it also looked like very like it, it didn't look very atmospheric it looked kind of like bright and clean like there wasn't really any creepiness to it especially like uh you know in terms of like the original that was had a, had a lot of that although i will say like most of the trailer not into it and then the last maybe 15 seconds 15 20 seconds i got into it a little bit more uh it seemed like it kind of shifted into a more interesting movie at that and then the music changed because like before there's kind of like this pop song that's yeah, playing that, that 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 pop song was very out of place in a horror movie trailer yeah. <laughs> but then like at the end though it, it did get uh the music was actually pretty good it was like a you know like a you know kind of or orchestral soundtrack kind of thing that it switched to and then it kind of had you know some weird like you know quick visions and, and stuff that looked a lot more interesting so uh, I mean, I guess going by those last couple of seconds, maybe I'm uh, tepidly excited for it. But overall, most of the trailer I wasn't digging. Tepidly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't super it. into it either. Um, it, it's kind of like, I, you know, we're rehashing a lot of old ground, like seeing TV, seeing her almost coming out of TV is not exactly that exciting anymore. Um, yeah. It did seem like they maybe try to add some extra stuff to it in the sense of the lore because it felt like they were going to play with the idea of recording footage of her and what that does. Yeah. That seemed to be a thing that was in there. Oh, actually, that actually reminds me of another point I was going to make. Um, I don't say this often, but I do think a found footage ring movie could be kind of cool. I feel like maybe there's like stuff you could play with there that could be interesting. Because, uh, like, uh, this isn't a found footage movie, but it looks like, you know, there are scenes that are watching that, you know, look a little found footage-y. Um, so I kind of started to think about it. I was like, you know what, there's, uh, you know, normally I don't like to go the found footage route. Not that, not necessarily against it, but, you know, um, usually, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not always the best. But this was one case where I was like, oh, maybe they could actually do some cool stuff with that. Yeah, Um yeah, I'm just kind of look warm on it, honestly. I mean, it didn't look terrible, but nothing about it was kind of sticking out to me either. A lot of it was yeah. uh, The Legend of Sadako. You remember those ring movies? Yes, it's back. Um, and, like, even stuff where, you know, there's a brief scene where it's like she's coming towards you, but it didn't even look, like, as creepy as it normally does. Like, the, whoever was playing her, it didn't seem like it was, uh, you know, they weren't doing, like, a, as much of, like, the creepy, herky-jerky kind of movement. It seemed like they were... <laughs> like i don't know maybe like just more tired or something yeah yeah it's um not super exciting i i it's one of those things as well where it came out of nowhere like i didn't even know this existed until this week yeah 
uh, this movie. Um, or maybe they're trying to kind of bring all this stuff back. Uh, I mean, we you know we have a new movie, and then uh, I forget if we talked about it last time, but did, didn't they announce that they're doing like a Juon uh, series for Netflix or something? Uh, maybe. I went to movie news last week. I didn't know there was TV news. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, again. I mean, you know, I have no idea how far along it is or how official it is, but I saw some people talking about uh, a Jew on TV show on Netflix, which sounds interesting. Um, oh, here we go. It wasn't in the first few results when I googled it though, which is probably a sign okay. not a lot of people are reporting it. Okay. We'll turn Japanese go. This was on July third. Uh, next year they'll turn Jion into an original series. Interesting, very interesting. Or no, I mean, mm. I mean, no, that's when it's going to come out. It's coming sometime in spring twenty twenty. So, mm. okay. And then, uh, and my thing too is like there, again, you know, I don't know how. If, it is because you know it seems like we haven't heard or seen much about it but you know they're planning on doing like a remake as well i thought so i don't know if this is taking place of the new movie or if that's still happening oh, there's, but, st- there's still an american remake happening but i mean this yeah. duo on netflix show might not even be uh i mean is, is this a japanese netflix show or is it an english uh, i have no idea <laughs> it's uh yeah, i don't think there's like a ton of info about it yet but I don't know. I mean, maybe like they, maybe just uh, on all fronts, they're kind of trying to bring this stuff back. Which, hey, yeah, you know, I'm for. <laughs> I'll you know, I'll give it a shot. I mean, I'm a little concerned they're all going to suck because they've all sucked for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, sure, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'll give it a chance. Without further ado, let us delve into the movie for this this episode. Um, as always, we'll start spoiler free. We'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers somewhere in the middle. Um, we are talking about Annabelle Comes Home. And I just just to give you a bit of a, you know, reiterate uh, our feelings on the matter. Um, Annabelle 1 sucked balls. It was terrible. Uh, Annabelle yeah. <laughs> Creation was better, but still wasn't great. And the ending was really annoying because it had to tie into the first one. And, you know, so. I won't. We disagreed about that. I, uh, I I liked it more than you, and I, I didn't mind the ending. So <laughs> the official stance of this show is that it wasn't. Right <laughs> Thank you very much. I will not. I will not have this. Um, I might as well just click and see what the director's. Uh, well, this is his first directorial job. Interesting. Well, this is Gary Doberman, who yes, first directing job, but we are very familiar with his work. Oh yeah, I'm on these writing credits. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's yes. he basically somehow is for whatever reason the only like person in Hollywood that's allowed to write horror movies. <laughs> he's he's like pretty much doing every like big major horror movie. Yeah, mostly bad ones to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got the Annabelle, the the the, the nun. It was a bit better, but not you know. Um... Well, th- this is why I'm very interested uh, with it chapter two because yes, he is the credited writer for you know the uh it chapter one but i'm also wondering how much uh of the script he was working off of um you know the true detective uh person you know that sure, uh, yeah. was kind of writing it before so so it chapter two will be like his his first solo thing so i'm interested to see that and then he's a writer for uh salem the upcoming salem's lot 
And uh, uh, does that have a different title? Uh, no, it should just be Salem's Lot. But I mean, it's I don't even know how much in pre-production it is. Uh, they just announced that he's writing it. It's not an IMDb, but maybe it's just too soon no. uh, for this to be there. Because yeah. he's he's working on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, he's also oh, apparently okay. the creator and possibly showrunner of Swamp Thing, which has yeah. <laughs> not been that good. So, oof, oof. Not, I haven't not, seen it yet. But, yeah, um, not a great track record uh, as of yet. Um, uh, and obviously, just in terms of other Conjuring spin-offs, The Nun was absolute garbage. Um, mm. Can't get behind that at all. And <laughs> I've not seen Curse of La Llorona yet, but don't worry, we're going to get to that. It's not going to be too long, actually. It's on the schedule. Um, <laughs> Conjuring 1 and 2, though, uh, pretty solid movies. So... This, this takes us to Annabelle Comes Home, which is the first one that's not a prequel of a prequel of a prequel. Um, this is actually <laughs> set after the, the Warrens get the doll. Um, although, I guess technically it means it's set before the first Conjuring? Well, the first Conjuring like starts with the little Annabelle, you know, uh, whatever yeah. you want to call that, that kind of opening segment or whatever. Yeah, so at, at least them getting the doll. I mean, there's, there's a year time jump in this, so it's possible that yeah. you know or hell i mean the plot of this movie has them leaving home for a while i mean it's entirely possible that their trip in this movie is actually the first conjuring movie <laughs> yeah i was wondering if that was supposed to be alluding to you know some, like either one of the movies or because there is a, at least a famous case or something because there's an item at the end which implies the first movie has happened by the end of the movie whether or not it happened okay. in the, the year time jump or it happened uh, literally on this trip where they were away. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who's to say? Um, probably. Probably the trip. That's, that was probably the idea. Uh, so so yeah, this is the only Annabelle as well that actually has uh, the Warrens in it properly, as in that they actually have, you know, uh, the actors in, Vera oh, sure. Famiga, and um, what's his face? Uh, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Uh, you know, they ha- actually have them in playing the parts. They're there early on in the movie. And it's kind of treated as like home alone almost where you know, the parents <laughs> go away and you have their own daughter played by uh, McKenna Grace who was on The Hunt in the Hill House she was, she was also played a young version of Sabrina on that Netflix show and oh, she okay. was also young uh, Tonya Harding and I Tonya so she, she's been oh, okay. she's been sprinkling herself around um, getting a lot of work I also think I heard something uh, I, I think it was her that she's like producing a movie or something <laughs> and she's supposed to be like the youngest producer in Hollywood um, I mean, it upsets me that someone who's I mean, what age is she here? She's she's thirteen this year, and she is far more successful than either of us. That's just great. But like, I mean, I don't know if that's true though. It sounds like a little gimmicky, you know, because mm. it's like really like what? How effective of a producer are you going to be at thirteen years old? I mean, unless oh. I, um... she was also young Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah. So, <laughs> and she's, whenever you need a young woman, yeah, she's a young person or something. She's going to be in the Ghostbusters movie next year, so that's the thing that's happening. Oh, young Slimer, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, uh, it's it's there's a few actresses that are like that. Um, you're the girl from, you mentioned it, uh, the one who's the young Beverly. Uh, she so she's the young Jessica Chastain in it essentially because she, yeah. Chastain's playing her. She was the young Amy Adams in uh, the HBO show Sharp Objects. She was in all the flashbacks. Oh. So 
Um, yeah. so if you need a redhead, like if you've got a redhead <laughs> actress and you need the young version, that that's the actress they're calling in to do the young, yeah. the young plot. Uh, to be fair, uh, you know these are they are pretty good uh, actresses. So like, yes. you know, which you you don't always find with kids. So I guess maybe if it's like, oh, this kid's good, put him in everything. Like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I'm not complaining. I'm just it's just all of a sudden there's a couple of young actresses who are, seem to be yeah. everywhere. But like, like you say, she's pretty good. Um, so yeah so yeah so obviously the, the annabelle gets out of her or or magical glass box and chaos ensues uh we'll save the rest of the plot for for spoilers um but you've got the basic setup being young young uh what was her name jade judy it was judy, judy? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> young judy um with her babysitter mary ellen and her babysitter's friend daniela uh in the house and all all hell breaks loose basically so yeah. Um, I think it's like you said, it's kind of like Home Alone, also like a little bit like Night at the Museum, just like these that. like more horrific versions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that, I asked the question, Tim, did you enjoy Annabelle Comes <sighs> Home? You know, it, it's kind of weird. Um, I I think this movie's okay. Uh, I, I would say I like it. I definitely don't love it. And uh, the, the reason why I say it's kind of weird is because I feel like it's a very technically proficient but there's nothing about it that really stands out but like like when i'm watching it it kind of feels like someone had a book that was like how to make a james wan horror movie and they were just <laughs> like you know as they're making the movie they just have like a checklist of like oh do that do that do that you know what i mean like it, it doesn't feel very like genuine but at the same time it's not really doing anything like bad i would say so it's kind of it's kind of strange. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, I I think it's decent. It's okay. You know, like like yeah. I, I feel like that this is for me easily the the, the best of the Annabelle movies. In fact, it's easily the best Conjuring spinoff movie because the rest of them pretty much suck um, <laughs> and it's not it's not it's not i wouldn't even go as far as say it's good i'd say it's right. it's got some fun ideas that i wish it kind of d- did more with um it, it sets up this idea that like because i'd argue this movie and I, and I don't think this is a spoiler to say this this movie is less an annabelle movie and more about everything in the warren's like yes. vault room movie <laughs> like yeah that, that, that's essentially what it is and as, a, as an idea goes that's actually pretty solid and the idea that oh there could be lots of things happening over the course of this day. and i love that it's all set in one night um i think the actresses are all pretty good the characters yeah. and this, this is where i really think it holds up versus the other annabelle movies especially the first one is that i kind of I, th- I found them all to be at least somewhat likable mm. you know i uh, young Judy with Mary Ellen. It reminded me, in some ways, of uh, Daniel Harris and her uh, her big sister in okay. Halloween Four. Yeah. You know, I was getting kind of that relationship from them. Um, and you know, she's trying to be nice to her, and because mainly it's probably just because not only just because of the, the dynamics of that relationship, but also because in Halloween Four, Jamie gets a lot of shit because she happens to be related to to Michael Myers. And it's kind of the same in this, where one of the big plot points for her character is that everyone knows who her parents are because of the newspapers, and yeah. she's getting kind of mistreated because of that. Um, so yeah. it gave me some of those vibes, and I was kind of into that. Um, 
I don't think it goes as far as it should with the because like this was always going to be more of a fun movie than it was a serious like dead on horror movie. Um, yeah. But I actually think it's still a little bit too toothless. Like I thought it was like too easily like dealt with towards the end. Oh no, without a doubt. I think the the ending is very abrupt. Um, I think it it doesn't it doesn't feel as dangerous as you want in a horror movie. Yeah. Um, like I I, I don't think I ever really felt like much. I, I think maybe early on in the beginning I was maybe a little fearful for some characters, but after a while it just kind of felt like you know oh like you you just know like nothing too bad is gonna happen really and then uh and then there is like this kind of weird like after school like special kind of sitcom like warm warmness in it where you know what i mean like where there's just kind of like these scenes of like you know the the characters just really you know being like oh like it it, like almost feels like there's like uh they have to have like a special moment like if like if it was a sitcom there would be you know the audience going like oh at like certain points yeah Yeah. um i know i i gotta say i don't actually mind it being lighter actually like i'm okay if if that's what the direction of annabelle movies are going to be that we have this lighter kind of just like not family friendly but like just a more fun toothless like time I'd be okay with that. I think. I think for me, the problem is, is that it didn't go far enough then in that yeah. direction. Where, like, just keep going for it then. Keep, you know, go, go absolutely nuts and have your full-on Home Alone, like you know, yeah. girl and two teenagers like try and fight off an army of ghosts and demons by themselves. But the problem is, yeah. is that all of the other movies though have set up these these things as so dangerous and severe yeah. that it feels really weird just how under, you know, just just, just how less dangerous yeah. it feels in this movie i guess I, I was looking for a good phrase that i could think of so. <laughs> you know what's crazy is i actually just looked it up but this movie was r which is like insane to me is, um, is there anything about it that you think would should be r rated especially like in this you know time when like so, you know so many studios are like yeah. making pg-13 horror movies <laughs> i feel like uh there was an f-bomb although you can have an f-bomb in and an R- yeah. you can have one F ball and a PG thirteen. Uh, there may you have, get one. There may have been a couple. Um, there is one scene I can think of that would push it into our rating. I can't say it though, tell spoilers. But yeah, uh, but there, there there is one I can kind of think of that maybe would push it in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it this could have been PG thirteen without many changes though. There's definitely not a lot. Which, yeah. which again is fine if you want to give me. You know, give me essentially the babysitter, but with like ghosts and demons <laughs> instead of like assholes. <laughs> then sure, <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Um, and I, I liked kind of the setup for. It. I actually got quite excited. You know, probably about end of Act One, gonna end Act Two. I was like, oh, I think I could see what this movie could be. I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it. And then it was fine. Like it wasn't bad for yeah. the rest of the movie. Um, I, I think probably the biggest thing for me is that, um end of act two or early act three uh it's established by the characters that they have to do something to to survive right they have to uh, accomplish something to 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 end the horror as it is and i'm avoiding i'm avoiding what it is just for spoiler sake um and it's fine like i don't even mind how simple it is it's actually a really simple easy thing i just hate how they have the they realize they have to do this thing to stop everything and there's one scene of them struggling to achieve it and then they do it and that's it 
There's no yeah. like it felt like once you've set up that the, the the way you solve this is the X thing, then you should make the whole movie from that point on be about yeah. getting through all the obstacles to achieve that X thing. It it felt like you know they were having too much fun with the movie, and then all of a sudden they remembered, oh yeah, we got to end it. So all right, here end. And it like it's just yeah, like very abrupt. <laughs> um, and again, I actually have no problem with what the solution is. I actually like the idea of it being that simple. I just, yeah, but I fine. feel like it should be more difficult for them to achieve it. it should, you know, they should have to like go through more hurdles to get to it. Yeah. Um, because when they actually achieved that, I was like, oh wait, is that it? Oh, oh, okay, we're done. All right, yeah. movie, movie's <laughs> ready to be over. Outside of a couple of you know, epilogue scenes. Yeah. Yeah, and th- there's a few things that just kind of feel like a little underwhelming. Uh, I would say uh, there's one like specific, um, let's say, creature or entity or whatever that's kind of taking place outside the house that just mm-hmm. felt like um, should have been cooler and more interesting and really didn't end up being that. <laughs> yeah, when they introduced that, I got excited again. That was like, one of the most really, yeah. oh, I, I kind of like what this movie's doing. Uh, but they never really did a whole lot with it. It's just kind of yeah. there. I, I kind of feel like that's uh, something you get with like all these, like pretty much all like the kind of Conjuring movies. Uh, well, maybe, maybe not so much the none, but yeah, you know, I, I feel like there's so much uh, setup in the beginning. Like whenever you know something lingers on a an object or item too long, you know, like all right, that's gonna come back, and then you know some like a lot of stuff you get excited for and then you know some ends up being kind of cool and then some just gonna end up being a little underwhelming yeah i uh, think there was one really cool thing here um that they uh i, I was actually a little excited with and hoping they were going to do more with but they don't <laughs> and uh i wonder, yeah, I wonder it's hard to talk about <laughs> yeah i wonder if it's the same my same the same thing that I think is the best thing in the movie. There's one particular item or set piece that I think is the most interesting from a just from a horror scene point of view, but also from a conceptual point of view. So yeah. I'm curious if, then, if it's the same thing. And if it is the same thing, it, it kind of annoyed me because it sets up like very easily, like what it's doing, mm-hmm. and then there, there's a thing that it shows uh, that then it kind of like the gates on <laughs> it's so hard to say without spoiling but uh yeah we'll, we'll get to it yeah we'll um, get to it. and then there is like also like some weird stuff that's just like why is this here like like some stuff is really cool and then some stuff it's kind of like all right this is a little a little much um but yeah it, it's a i mean it, it's kind of hard to say like like we we both kind of said it like it's just fine it's just one of those things like there's nothing really bad about it but there's nothing that essentially puts it over the top to make you say like oh this is really cool like you know i had fun while i watched it don't know if i'll ever really need to see it again or if i do it you know prime won't be for a long time um yeah but yeah it's it's one of those very kind of like i guess in the middle kind of things I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll give it some more credit though because I feel like the thing that kind of sets it apart from other like really middle of the road movies to a point is that I do think the characters are somewhat likable. Um, not that my favorite characters sure, ever, yeah. but like none of them annoyed me. They they all like you yeah. know they felt genuine enough. Um, I think like the, the one complaint I have is like the the best friend does definitely do like the stereotypical like horror movie thing where you're like, come on, what are you doing? But you know that that's a minor gripe i think uh other than that though like they are all very likable and 
you know that they're people that you don't mind spending time with on screen so there definitely is that yeah the best friend does do a couple of things that kind of get the plot going and they are kind of silly um but at the same time like once our motivation was kind of set up i was like okay I yeah at least they do give a reasoning for it sure. but it did it did make a nice scene there was, I'll, I'll talk about it in spoilers but there's a nice scene early on uh, where I realized what it might be setting up with her, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." Um, I will say the only character that that, that made me baffled, uh, the pizza delivery guy. I oh have, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what movie he walked out of uh, before he came out yeah. of this one, but he felt like he was in a different script that somehow accidentally got shuffled into this, and no one noticed. They just had the actor show up and do all these stupid lines. I, it's only one scene. There's one scene where a pizza delivery guy shows up. Um, uh, it's like trying too hard to be funny yes. like it like it's not like the lines are necessarily that bad like i could see him working in like a comedy or whatever but yeah like you said it's just very out of place and i mean maybe it's a different time back then but you know it's like so you're saying some weird stuff although i guess to be fair i have had some really weird pizza people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like I'd, uh, I forget, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I was actually having a party at my house once and, like, the pizza guy basically, like, invited himself in. Like, he was like, hey, party? All right. <laughs> like, he just kind of came in and, like, started hanging out with us. And we're like, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> I think you're lucky you're not, like, chopped up in little pieces in a ditch somewhere, Tim. <laughs> True. <laughs> and not just because of this pizza party story. I feel like there's several stories you've told me where I'm like, that, that could have very easily ended in your murder. <laughs> Very easily. I mean, to be fair, though, like, a big party, it's like, you know, someone's probably not going to try to do something to you with, well, I mean, <laughs> I guess maybe that's not necessarily true, but maybe I felt a little safer having so many people around. If it was, uh, if I was by myself and he's trying to come in, I'd be like, what are you doing? Here's a real question, uh, though. Doesn't he have, like, to go back to work? Like, hasn't he got more pieces to deliver? I mean, it was super late at night, so, like, you know, it was probably, like, 12 one-ish or something so maybe it was his last delivery and he was like hey i want to hang out with these kids or something but i don't know hilarious good stuff yeah. um yeah so a piece of delivery guy i don't know what's going on with that um which was funny actually because they, they were doing a scare here and it turned out not to be him at first but they were doing this scare where it was like someone was buying on the door and you know uh mary ellen which is a really weird double barrel name for the record uh mary, <laughs> mary ellen's like you know scared and she's walking closely to the door and i'm like you ordered pizza there was a scene of you ordering pizza yeah. like five <laughs> minutes ago this is clearly the pizza guy it actually wasn't technically at first but you know, I just I was like, "Why are you scared? You know, you know, pizza's on its way." Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, I suppose we'll give the spoiler warning and we'll we'll dive into <laughs> the the uh, spoilers for the movie. Uh, so first things first. Um, we'll probably go through it more or less in order, but I do want to bring up my favorite thing first because I think it's the same thing Tim was talking about. Uh, are we talking about the weird TV that's in yes. the in the room? Yes. That. Yep. That was by far my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, yeah. It felt so surreal. Even the music that accompanied it felt kind of weird. It was like it felt like we were we would slipped into like a weird sci-fi horror where this was like a weird piece of technology as opposed to yeah. a cursed item, you know? Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was really cool, and it was like a, it was a little more subtle because yeah, they weren't really like banging you over the head with what it was doing. Like it took a second before you realized like. Oh, okay, this TV is basically showing her what's gonna happen, like 
10 seconds into the future yeah well what was funny though is that you know because she sees herself as if it's a camera right and there's no yeah. visible camera so that, so especially in the 70s i mean these days we're yeah. okay there's a camera on the laptop above the screen or whatever um <laughs> but this is the 70s right so you, and it's got that slightly more round look to it so it looks very kind of oddly retro future um but she sees herself on the camera and it's you know it's kind of shitty quality it's kind of sort of bluey and fuzzy um and it first it was funny though at first i thought it was actually playing behind because you know whenever she turned her head and looked back i thought it was like playing the, like behind so that when because oh, yeah. uh, i thought what it was going to do is that something scary uh would happen but she wouldn't see the thing move behind her until she looks back at the screen kind of thing oh yeah 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 i kind of had a thought like that yeah. at first too um but then then it, it proves with uh one of the items falling off the shelf that it's actually the opposite it's uh showing things that are about to happen um yeah. about 10 seconds and the scene that happens later because we go away from because she's locked in the room which by the way the idea that we spend like a subplot in this movie with a character locked in that room with all those items yeah that's a good idea <laughs> like that that, that room's <laughs> scary as shit because of all these items uh, yep. But when we come back, she's not looking at the TV, and we see her like answer like this antique phone on the wall on yep. on the TV, and she answers the phone, and then it sort of flickers a little bit, and then we see her there like covered in blood and like sort of screaming or crying, and you see yep. it for a few seconds, and she never gets to see it, and then you hear the phone ring, and she like comes around the corner to answer the phone, and. Yep. I was like, this is a really effective little scene. And by the way, this is the scene yeah. that I think would have gotten our rating. For the, I was thinking okay. the, the, the dread of her being like drenched in blood. Uh, sure. I feel like yeah, I... was at yeah, least borderline. It's not really... Yeah, I, I guess so. Because there isn't really much else like, in terms of like gore, blood, really, in the movie well, I can think of. Well, no one actually gets killed or dies. Like, that's... Yeah. I think th- she was the one I was like most scared for. Um, but I think after seeing that she survives this television thing, at, at this point, I was kind of like, okay, so I, don't, I just don't think anyone's going to die in this movie then. Yeah. And that, that's when everything kind of felt like a lot more safe and less creepy. and Yeah, because, yeah, you, you felt like she, she existed to A, set everything up, and then B, be the one who snuffs it, right? The one who yeah. the one who goes down. And she doesn't... And I, I'm, glad, I'm glad she didn't. She was a nice enough character. She was likable, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I did like her, yeah. Um, but then it, it... It it makes me question, though, like, the... With this TV, then, because, you know, I thought that, you know, from the little bit we get at first, I assume that, you know, this is the definite future, but then I, I guess not, because, you know, she obviously survives. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, this is the point where the others run in the room and, like, you know, yeah. uh, Judy's like, don't answer, don't answer it, kind of thing. Um, so, I mean... It, it's one of those weird things where I kind of want to know more about this thing, but then also I, that might take away, like, the kind of coolness of it. Because yeah. I, I want to know, like, all right, is it showing the future? Is it showing, like, possible different timelines? Like, can it make stuff happen? Or is it, you know, pretty much just stuck with, you know, telling you, like, what is going to happen or whatever but then uh, you know maybe one of those things where like the more you learn the i mean less there is to it is the phone ring connected to it like it has to ha- have the answer the phone yeah, yeah. To, to to do its thing or was the phone just a completely separate entity that was going to yeah. kill her and the tv was just showing that it was going to kill her and therefore since it got interrupted like d- does it only predict the future based on the information it has so the idea that someone else might run oh, maybe in, i, I yeah. don't know like it's hard to it's hard to get i mean 
out of all the things in that room, this is the one I could like. I could take a movie about this TV screen. Like I, I, I could take you know so, some scientist in the fifties tinkering with this old school TV screen and seeing yeah. things he's not supposed to see. Like I could totally been in that movie. Um, yeah. yeah. So the movie starts with the Warrens uh, taking the Annabelle doll. Basically, get like a little bit of an extended version of uh, the that first opening scene in the first country movie. Yeah, you don't get the whole thing. You get like the tail end of it, but you then yeah. get the uh, like them like actually driving back to to the house with it. You know, uh, yeah. you you know what's so funny? Uh, like sometimes I go to the IMDb trivia to see like uh, oh let, let me see if there's any interesting little tidbits uh, that might be good for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> I was looking at it after I watched the movie, and sometimes the trivia is just like so lame. Like one of the things I said was like. The opening scene with Annabelle is a reference to the first Conjuring movie. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> thank you. Obviously, <laughs> thank you for the IMDb. There's like so many like dumb stuff like that. Like Ed and Lorraine characters are Ed and Lorraine are characters from the Conjuring universe movies. It's like, yes, I. All right, this isn't trivia. This is like obvious like information. Isn't that stuff used submitted as well? Like, who who thought this was something so. that needs submitted? <laughs> like, I've got a good bit of trivia. Yeah. For the IMDb page. I'm going to submit this bad boy. <laughs> Should have made fun of probably a listener. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know this movie is a horror film? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they uh alright, so yeah, so they have the doll and they're driving home and um you know, they kind of are, are experiencing all this like trouble with the car and they stop right in front of the cemetery and this was driving me crazy. Uh, so I believe it was called the Maryville Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And it felt so specific that I was I kept thinking like, all right, this has to be connected either to something that happened in the other movie or to some type of urban legend or folklore. Because just Maryville Cemetery sounds so familiar to me. Uh, but I tried looking it up and I couldn't find um, any reference to um, – what that could mean so I, I don't know if any listeners or, or anything uh have any like tips on that uh oh, I, i'd love to hear it but i'm not gonna lie i'm a lot disappointed i thought when you started that story that you you you'd kept digging and you'd found something and it was like <laughs> you're going to give me a bit of trivia not about the movie necessarily but just like why you know that name and why it means something to it, you like because uh, you know i like to read like a lot about like uh, urban legends and stuff so it, it was kind of like popping off like little stuff in my brain and i was like oh is that like the cemetery where you have like that uh you know heartland sally uh ghost if you've ever heard that tale or something or also mm. there's a it sounded familiar with um i think there's like some you know where i'm from in rhode island i i, I remember there was a um like legend about a vampire in, in a cemetery i think it was in northern rhode island i believe and i was like oh is that the cemetery because it sounds familiar but uh yeah I, I, you know i mean i did very you know, I, I didn't like dig super deep, but yeah, you know, I, I tried like, a couple of internet searches and couldn't really find anything. Hmm. Um. But yeah, so this is after they actually stop at the cemetery after they come across a car accident that's happened. Oh right, right, right. Um, yeah. And Lorraine like consents the ghost and she speaks to the ghost in the car because the car breaks down and Ed goes out to you know tinker with the engine. Um. So basically, this is this is when they realize that other spirits are attracted to to Annabelle. That it kind of brings them in close to it, and Ed almost dies. 
because the ghost pushes him out of the road and a truck almost hits him. Yeah. But it doesn't, and you know, obviously, I mean, obviously it couldn't because he's in Conjuring yeah. <laughs> 2, for example. Um, yeah. But they, they, they come back and they've got a priest there and they, they bless the, the, the doll and like this won't do, we have to actually case it in something. Uh, and they set up the idea that Lorraine knows that when they finally make that Spox and they shut the door that, no, it is, that, okay, the evil's been contained, she can't feel it anymore. It's, it's, it's yeah. worked. I think they even mentioned that like the glass case was from like an old church or something. Yeah, it was like a. I don't know if they blessed the glass, but it was yeah, it was. It was like yeah. Oh, Saint Thomas Cathedral or something. Yeah. It's not some shit like that. Yeah. So no, really, neat enough, neat enough. Um, and we see like, the daughter a little bit. Judy as they come home, uh, to kind of spy them, and we, we cut a year later. And they're getting ready to go away. They've, they've got uh, Mary Ellen coming to be the babysitter and stay over with her for a couple of days. And uh, it's just, I mean, it's nice to see the Warrens in this. It, it makes it feel more connected and relevant than any of the other spinoffs that have been, you know, so disconnected that, you know, outside of the, the titular ghost or whatever that's they're based on, like, that's it. With the other movies, it always feels like the connection is kind of an afterthought. Like it feels like they have this whole movie, and then they're like, all right, so where are we going to put in the little thing that ties it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, w- with this, it actually feels like from the beginning that you know they, they knew what they were doing. It, it kind of feels like uh, like almost like similar to the way like Civil War kind of felt like less of a Captain America movie and more of like an Avengers movie. Like in a way, this almost <laughs> feels like more of a Conjuring movie than like an Annabelle movie. Uh, kind of. I mean, like feels like i don't know like almost like conjuring 2.5 or something if i would say it still feels like a spin-off but i i, I say that in the sense that the other spin-offs don't really feel like spin-offs they feel like tacked on things that happen to be closely yeah. connected and my distinguishing there is that you know because to me what a conjuring movie is is the is the warrens being the the protagonist and fighting whatever the spirit or ghost sure. or demon is uh, and they're here, but they're not the ones actually fighting anything. Because uh, I actually think the concept for this movie is really good. Like, just no, it's their daughter yeah. is left alone, and something gets out of that room. There you go, boom, easy, yeah. easy money. Um, <laughs> so we get introduced to, to Mary Ellen, who's fairly likable, is good with the kid, yeah. and you know is going to make her a cake because her birthday's coming up soon. That's what they're going to do yeah. after school. Uh, we established that but she's such a loser. She uses an inhaler. Oh my god. <laughs> loser <laughs> sure tim sure uh, <laughs> you know we we established that she gets bullied at school because of her parents are because they've been in the paper you know are, are they hoaxers are they heroes kind of thing um you know which made me think of halloween 4 and admittedly at no point did anyone come up and go jamie's an orphan jamie's an orphan <laughs> kids are so cruel in that movie uh, yeah <laughs> But uh, we established that we established that that uh, J- Judy has her mother's ability that she is passed on that she can also see ghosts that she feels things and senses things, um, and yeah. So ultimately, her best friend Daniela wants to come over because she hears about you know you didn't tell me your you, yeah. you know the, the, this is Mary Ellen's best friend. Yes, Mary James. Ellen's best friend. Yes, yeah. Daniela. She's like, oh, you didn't tell me you babysat for for the Warrens, and you know you didn't tell me what they, what they did. That they're these ghost hunters, yeah. and she's like, ah, whatever. I'm going to come over. She's like, no, you shouldn't come over. I'm not supposed to have people over, but she does. And we establish also Bob, who's got a crush on Mary Ellen, and Mary Ellen's got a crush on him. 
he's kind of like a weird character to me actually he kind of, he felt kind of useless uh for the most part in the movie i wasn't sure exactly why he was there yeah i mean it, it feels like uh that again like i thought that maybe they'd be setting up more stuff with him and then yeah he feels very like inconsequential yeah like, i guess there's kind of like one part where he's important for but yeah otherwise not that much really yeah he's kind of separate and never really does much with him he just hides in the chicken coop <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially all he does um so yeah we establish all these characters to come over and i think that they hope that this chunk of the movie does a good job of making you like the characters for the most part um yeah. you know them, them giving presents to 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 judy her being kind of you know troubled by what's going on but very down to earth and you know coming in saying that she likes to snoop too when they're like when she when they catch danielle looking through like the 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 files of the cases and stuff um but of course when they're outside daniela you know finds the keys for the room gets inside and i thought this scene was quite effective in the sense where i was like wait a minute she keeps touching things she's touching it like how many of these things is she awakening and (laughs) they do bring it up later because when they find out she went in and like there's stuff going on like you know one of them says to her like you know how you know what other things did you touch and she just goes everything <laughs> Ooh, sorry yeah you know you know the haunted piano the possessed samurai yeah. armor the like samurai armor's got gotta go like what the hell is that that's <laughs> <laughs> like i mean it, i guess it's interesting to have like a lot of different stuff but it just feels so weirdly out of place in this movie no i, like, dig, uh, I, I dig the samurai armor i can stay i mean unless like the unless they're gonna do like a movie where they showed that the Warrens like went back in time to feudal Japan or something like. <laughs> I don't think we really. Oh need yeah, because nothing else they have in that room is like old and passed down through generations. Yeah, it's all new stuff. It's all contemporary seventies nonsense. Yeah, it's just so weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she you know she touched a bunch of things and we find out it's because she 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 lost her dad. Her dad was killed and we find out it was kind of her fault. She was driving the car. They had a car accident. And she feels guilty and she wants to speak to her dad, uh, the spirit, um, looking for closure. Uh, and she thinks that just being in this room <laughs> will, yeah. will, will unlock the, the supernatural barrier. It'll unlock the door to 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 see them. But I don't know. Yeah. It's, not, it's not super solid in terms of motivation. But, I mean, okay, you gave her something. It wasn't just... Because before this, before she brought, brought up the dad in the, the photo and she was like trying to like, you know, talk to her dad, before that I was thinking... You're being such a selfish bitch right there. You're you're just curious, and you're going to unleash hell because of what yeah. you're doing. Because uh, everything that happens in the movie is her fault. Like <laughs> she she does oh, it all. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So yeah, once once that happens, um, you know, there's a bit bit more hanging out and stuff before like they kind of like an idiot boyfriend or possible boyfriend Bob comes over. He sings some music, thinking it's romantic. Um, honestly, if someone showed up around my window, and just started playing music, especially when. They don't seem to know each other that well yet. It's not like they're in a relationship and he's trying to like get get a, he's trying to apologize for something or he's making some big gesture, like. Yeah, well, it was a yeah, it was like a little confusing uh, exactly like how well they know each other and stuff. And then uh, yeah, Daniela does tell him like earlier she's like, hey, like you know she likes you, stupid. And then, um, I think when when he comes over or. I, I forget, does someone like tell him at some point like oh yeah like rock and roll that's what 
You gotta use how, like, how, a woman. <laughs> how could you forget? That was the pizza guy. Tim. That's the pizza guy. Yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> he stands there and really takes the pizza guy's advice seriously. Yeah. Like he he he, Which, like, he listens to him. I don't know why. He just he sits there and listens to him, and then he's like, "Yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, you're right." <laughs> and then he does like a, a very like not really rock and roll thing. Like <laughs> I guess like the best thing he could do is like get an acoustic guitar and. You know, sing this a very, you know, kind of not great version of whatever song it was he sang, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So, so the the thing that he's basically dealing with is because he's outside, and then um, you know, they come down and look for him, and then he gets scared off by there's this werewolf, which um, what it sounded interesting because earlier they're looking at these case files, and uh, I guess this one, like I guess some of the cases are based on real cases from the warrants and some they just make up for the movies and uh, i heard this one was actually a real case but uh had to do with uh someone uh was being possessed by a hellhound they said uh, i believe in the uk mm-hmm. and uh so it kind of sounds interesting but again they don't really do much with it here and uh it basically amounts to a lot of fog around the house and this werewolf looking thing comes out it's pretty bad cgi yeah it was uh, pretty rough and then, but then, what I kept thinking was going to happen because I mentioned in the case file, it's like a guy that's possessed by a hellhound. So I kept thinking, okay, so this thing is going to possess him, and then, you know, this guy that they're normally friends with, that they like, that they're, you know, think is another ally, is all of a sudden going to become an enemy and try to get into the house and chase him or something. But nothing like that ever actually happens. And no, it's very no. like he he just runs from it, hides in the chicken coop. Saves Judy at one point when she's outside, and that's it. That's like yeah. all that happens with him. It really is. And then, he, and even when he saves Judy, though, at that point, you think like, all right, well, now he's gonna join the group and become part of them, but he doesn't. No, no, no. <laughs> he just runs away again. Um, yeah. It's very weird. I mean, before the girls do split up, there is like, if I think it's the second happens when they're putting her to bed. Before that, there is a as a, a moment when they're playing a game, they're playing a board game. Um, oh yeah, feely mealy. Feely mealy, which is a, a just a box with holes in it where you mm. try and pick out the, the little toys that match the the card you got. So you're basically just trying to feel right. for things. So it's one of those things. It's, it's sticking it's sticking your hand in a dark hole. I did laugh a lot because obviously movies stretch what <coughs> what lighting would actually be. You, you don't necessarily make things realistic with lighting. You just you go for the look you want on screen. I do have to admit to you though that I did kind of feel a little bit. Oh come on, when the like these holes in the side of this box were like just it was like perfect circles of darkness as soon as they put their hand in oh. you couldn't see anything and i'm like bullshit yeah. like you would see like a, you know a fair bit of what's in there you know oh, yeah. in shadow <laughs> you would um and obviously it's creative license but it just it, because this is just a cardboard box it's not even that big the fact that there's four holes in either side i'm like no there'll be more light in there i'm not buying this yeah i also thought this one like one of the weakest objects uh because when you see it it, it kind of sounds like oh this could be really cool like you know uh so much stuff could come out of it and then yeah it just really didn't do much for me and basically all it amounts to is like at the end uh like a hand or something comes out of it and that's it yeah four hands uh one one out each pole which is fine i don't know it's one of those things that's a bit too flashy for me to think is actually creepy you know it's like someone's like oh someone thinks this is proper, proper creepy but it isn't really um but once once they split up though uh you know basically daniela realizes she, she still has the keys so she has to sneak back in to try and put them back 
uh, and that's how she ends up stuck inside uh, the room. Uh, we talked about her adventures in there. Uh, the others get attacked in different ways. Um, Mary Ellen, I keep I keep wanting to say Mary Louise because the character in Big Little Lies called that. Mary Mary Ellen, <laughs> uh, she gets attacked by this braid, this this uh, wedding gown that possesses people. Uh, mm. So she gets attacked by that ghost. Um, guy outside is getting attacked by the hellhound. Of course, Judy's the one who's actually getting Annabelle uh, attacks. Uh, you've probably seen the, seen the trailer where it's under the, under the sheets and the, the covers have been pulled down. Yeah. You know. So yeah, so basically, Annabelle seems to like want a new body, and and as we know, Annabelle's not really a doll. It's like a, basically a conduit, I guess, for this demon. Uh, and it seems like the the big thing is, uh, you know, the Annabelle demon wants Judy to be like its new host and. So that's its motivation, and then the hero's motivation is basically they just need to get Annabelle back into this case, and once they do that, um, everything will go back to normal. Yes, yes, that was the plan. There's also the ferryman who we've not mentioned. Uh, oh yeah, because is... yeah, I would say like, like you said, uh, Mary Ellen gets attacked by like that wedding dress lady, but then the wedding dress lady kind of ends up becoming Daniela's thing, and then yeah. uh, Mary Ellen's. I guess big adversary or whatever ends up being this ferryman, which uh, I like the 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 idea of the ferryman. Uh, I thought that sounded cool and creepy, but again, it just ends up being very like like it, it just feels not dangerous because like all it all it seems to be is like you know it, it drops coins and then you I guess you give the coins to him and it, you're okay. Like there's never really any point where it felt like the ferryman was actually coming after. It just seemed like it was watching her a lot. It felt superfluous because. Ultimately, that and the hellhound and a couple of there's a, there's a scene where one of them has to walk past the, the shogun armor that's standing in the hallway. Yeah, and it's a fine little scene. I just, I, I did get a, a case of the uh, the moviness of uh, the, the setup of these things actually. Even though I think it's cool that there's like the idea that oh, a bunch of different stuff has been like awoken in in the room, right? The yeah. problem, the problem I had is that. You know, when they're in the, the the records room and they're they're reading some of these cases, and you know, it, it's like it's kind of a fun scene because Judy's like, "Yeah, I like snooping as well. I'm not supposed to, but I like reading about these things," um, and they're kind of bonding over it. But the the three cases they talk about and read out loud are exactly three of the four that like happened to them. Oh yeah, you know, for well, the rest of the movie. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like everything that gets like a little extra attention, like if the camera lingers on something for too long, you're kind of like, oh well. Yeah, that's going to be one of the things they have to attend with, which in a way is kind of cool, but then also, I don't know if it feels like too easy, I guess. Mm. Like, you know, if, if it's kind of because you don't really want the audience to notice these things. But, you know, I had trouble like, you know, not paying attention to stuff and being like, oh, well, this is obviously going to come back. All right. This is going to be a thing. All right. That's going to be a jump scare. Like even stuff with um, like uh this isn't even even a cursed object but like uh the light in judy's room it's like so because mm. it's like the spinning circular light and it's like um so it stands out so much that you just know with these type of movies that that's going to be like there's going to be some type of scare involved in it and i don't know part of me kind of likes the i don't know i i guess almost like the I guess the technique of it to see like, all right, I want to see how this is going to be utilized. But then another part of me, it also kind of feels like, yeah, it kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. I'm okay with, with knowing that something's going to be used um, because that can be part of the fun of like, 
okay, how are they going to use this? Like, how how inventive are they going to get with this item or this this location or or, or whatever? Um, the problem is, is that this movie sets up a lot of things, and then all of the payoff is just a little bit underwhelming. Like, I don't think we even yeah. have that much to say about the actual scary portion, if you want to call it that. You know, after the, they're all they're all aware of something's going on and they form the plan. Ultimately, it's like okay, Annabelle's behind that door. Oh, the door's now shut itself and locked. Where's the key? Yeah. Oh, it's in the board game, the the feely mealy thing, right? Let's just get the key. Yeah, you know if we can. And oh, they get the key pretty quickly. She goes in the room. The ferryman corpses are there with the the coins in their eyes, and she yeah. she gets the doll and runs back out. And that's basically it. And you know they run to the room and put Annabelle. In. And as he has a little bit of a struggle, there's you know trying to you know hold the door shut and whatever, but. There's not a whole lot that happens there, you know. There's a scene where Danielle looks like she gets stabbed, but it's not re- really happened. Which again, kind of what you were saying, where it takes the bite out of it. Where you're like, oh well, I guess no one's really in danger then. If, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I I think that's a good way to way to put it. Is like, um, yeah, like these things are all very interesting, and and I think it is kind of telling that it's more exciting to talk about what the things are versus what they actually do. Because yeah. when you're talking about the actual cases and being like, oh, man, this TV is really cool. And, oh, yeah, the, the, you know, this samurai armor, this dress, this, you know, uh, board game and stuff. But then what, when it comes to actually be like, oh, OK, those sound awesome. But what do they do in the movie? It's kind of like eh, not nothing really. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I say that too much. Maybe I say I just not focus on the right things. Um, yeah. I yeah, it's frustrating. I. I don't want to be too harsh on it. I think it's actually fairly serviceable. It's just kind of unremarkable. Um, it's very, it, it's very inoffensive in its quality. Exactly. It's very inoffensive. Yeah. No. Like I, I don't want to be super negative because honestly, I did have a fun, good time at the movies. Like at no point was I ever like angry or anything about it. But it feels like maybe there was some like missed opportunities that were kind of keeping this away from being like a holy shit, like, this was awesome. Like, I, I loved it, you know? Like, it, like there's just maybe a, a few things they could have done to just kind of put it up to that next level. Could have been the, the, the surprise gem of the Conjuring universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not, I mean, it's not probably the no. best of the spin-offs for me, but, like, it, obviously the bar's not that high. But it didn't upset me, it didn't piss me off. Um, for... Yeah, I mean, I, I still I like two quite a bit. I, again, I know we differ on that, but for me, this is kind of pretty much on the same level. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I like them about the same, uh, which is to say, like, I don't think either one is like amazing, but they are movies that I enjoyed. Okay. Um, the one thing I was trying to think of is so at one point, Daniela gets possessed by the bride dress. Yes. And. Basically, the way she gets possessed is like, you know, the bride looms over her and like vomits into her mouth, which. Oh, I hate that scene. See, see we've uh, seen it before, right? Yeah. Like, what, wasn't that in another movie? I, I couldn't remember if it was another I, I, Conjuring movie or. I feel like it's been in like a hundred movies. I, I am so sick yeah. of seeing ghosts vomit CG into a mouth. Like, yeah. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> I hate it. it it's, it's very bad. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like I've seen it a ton of times before. I want to say that is. I mean, maybe the reason why they did it is because it was in another Annabelle movie. Because I want to say in uh, the second Annabelle, when the character gets possessed, that maybe that's how they did it. I uh, mm. can't remember 100%, but it, it just feels like, come on, we've seen this so many times before. Uh, like you said, it's not scary. Like, there's nothing like, <laughs> you know, it's so CGI. It looks stupid. It's uh, stupid. Yeah. No, I... 
the, the, the scary stuff's frustrating because on paper it's fine. It's just outside of a couple of CG moments like that. It, it's just that it's lacking the bite and it doesn't go far enough with being more fun and inventive with what it's doing. It feels like every single encounter with any of the, the ghostly things or objects or, you know, the entities with the objects, every single one just feels like a very quick portion of going through the motions of what this thing is. Uh, instead of yeah. making it feel like every single scene and all these things. Because you can almost, remember how in Escape Room, like, you can you could split the movie up into, like, okay, so you've got the, the five rooms, so you've got these five chunks, essentially, that make up the movie. Mm. I almost felt like, no, like, get, get, you know, there could be, like, a, you know, 15, 20 minute chunk that is just about the der- the ferryman, right? And how yeah. they get around him. And, then, you know, the idea that they have to go through all these obstacles to finally get to the doll so they can put it back in the glass case. Like, that yeah. could be something. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so it's kind of, it's kind of rough in that place, um, and that's basically they got the doll back in the case. Uh, everything calms down immediately, and you know they see the parents come home, and we see her birthday party, and kids show up because uh, the bully we never mentioned this. The bully is actually Daniela's little brother, so she put in yeah. a bit of a conversation with him, and he and all the friends show up at the birthday party, so she's not depressed, and you know <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe i'm just like a little too cynical or something but like uh, sometimes these movies like the endings uh like sometimes they're just like a little too happy like ah, i don't need all like this cheesy family like you know like oh like family is in christianity are so great and important <laughs> and look we all love each other i that's i kind of I'll, I'll see i actually like the heart and conjuring too here doesn't quite hit the same cards um no yeah, pun intended yeah, yeah. um but you know, like, because it ends with the, the the dedication to to Lorraine Warren who died this year. Um, oh, yeah. So you know, you see her being happy with her family, and then it goes to the photo, and you get the dedication. Um, and you know, the, the scene where she gives Daniela the message, she's like, "Oh, I, you know, your father told me this," and gives her some closure. Um, yeah, it's very saccharine, sweet. You know, it's like, it, it kind of reinforces the idea that nothing bad was ever really going to happen in this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, everyone's getting a nice happy ending. Um, I suppose you could argue this kind of sets up the idea that uh, Judy, like, they could totally set a movie in present day and have, like, a 50-year-old Judy, <laughs> like, going around. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something they end up doing. <laughs> that, yeah, that'll be, like, if, they want, if, the, if the actors went away from the movie after the third Conjuring, maybe that'll be Conjuring 4, is that we'll jump ahead in the time... Uh, yeah. or, or even maybe not present day. Maybe they'll like maybe they want like a thirty something actress, so they you know can, you know cast someone hot. So they'll be like, okay, we'll set it in the yeah. you know uh, early two thousands, I guess. I mean, <laughs> if she if she's like uh, twelve, and in, in the early seventies, then nah nineties, mid nineties, nineties, yeah, mid midish nineties. Yeah. yeah. Imagine a horror period piece in the nineties. Is that has that been done yet? <laughs> Has anyone made a horror movie set in the nineties? You know, since the nineties. Uh, if it, if they did, I, I don't think it's been like overt. Like you know, something like you know, Stranger Things, which is really like playing with the decade. Like, mm. I don't know, if so, if someone's done a period piece, I don't think it's done it in a way that's like you know, playing with it. Which uh, <laughs> I mean, would be pretty fun. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, maybe we'll get to that soon. Maybe we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's basically the movie. I have nothing left to really add to it beyond that. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's yeah, it's just it, it's fine. You know, it's a good watch. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really wow me. Um, 
some stuff is interesting. Yeah, I just wish maybe it had a little more bite. Uh, you know, maybe uh, it could have changed some stuff around. But uh, again, though, you mentioned it earlier. Like, there's nothing offensively bad about it. Like, the I think on a very technical level, it works. Uh, there's enjoyment to be had. But yeah, it's just not reaching that next level to really make you say like, oh, hey, this is like. I, I was really surprised. This is like a a, a thing that's worth and, uh, the same goes for the direction as well. It's just very serviceable. There's there's not yeah. I, I didn't feel any great ins- inspirational like oh that was really well handled the way they did that jump or the way they did that that tense yeah. moment. There, there was nothing like that for me. It was it was very I, by the numbers. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like someone that maybe has studied one, but you know maybe doesn't really have like the exact technical expertise as him like uh he can be a really good wand mimic but you know i, I wish maybe you would try to find his own thing or something <laughs> hmm. so uh yeah that's basically it that's annabelle comes <laughs> home it's it's perfectly decent <laughs> so so enthusiastic 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 oh my god i cannot speak uh tim what are you going to rate the movie out of 10 uh, this might sound a, a a tad low, but I think it's still a good score. But I think I'm gonna give it a a six point five. Um, you know, because it it's definitely above like, you know, if a five is you know right down the middle, it's definitely above that. But um, I think once we're getting into seven eight ish territory, that's like oh, like I really really dug. Well, you know, maybe not really dug it, but it's like you know that that's when you start getting like oh, uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, I really dug it. I love it. Uh, this to me is kind of just below the like, oh, that was pretty good line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll probably give it a a six. I, I think I, I, I was tempted not to go with a six because I feel like a six is still maybe <laughs> more like of somewhat a somewhat decent, <laughs> more of a positive number. But I yeah. feel like five point five feels too harsh. So I'll say six, and I think. Yeah. A big part of that is the characters actually being pleasant enough to be around. Where I kind of yeah. cared a little bit about Judy; she seemed likable, uh, and the teenagers did as well to a point. So, yeah, like I, I could see this being a lot worse if we were just dealing with like assholes or like yeah. dumb cliches or just really like you know poor actors or something. But yeah, the characters work, which I guess is saying a lot too. That helps it out. Yeah, but the exception of maybe Bob and definitely the pizza guy. But yeah, <laughs> uh, small small uh, portions of the movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess that's that. I guess that's Annabelle comes home. Um, you can come home to us on Patreon at <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV, where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month, and you get bonuses. You get a bonus episode of Streams After Midnight once per month uh, for that one dollar. And if you go over and become a patron, you will contribute towards the next goal, which is at $250, where we will start doing a monthly live stream called Streams After Midnight, me and Tim, that is. <laughs> so look forward to that. Um, yeah, so go check out Patreon. You can also like, subscribe, rate the podcast on, on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. It helps more people find the show. Share us on the Twitters, your friends. Uh, you can tweet at us at Screams Midnight. Uh, you can do that um, on the Twitters. Follow us there. But uh, other than that, um, I will mention that I'm going to set up an email address soon for people sending in questions to the show. However, Twitter is oh, cool. also a very good place to do that. Um, yeah. And sometimes we'll pick some questions and uh, answer them on the show. Um, so the email address isn't set up yet, though. Uh, but Twitter, you can absolutely you know, uh, yeah. ask us a question. 
Um, it, it's it, going to take a while. Email is hard to set up. <laughs> I'm going to do it this week, all right? It's going to happen this week. Tim, don't give me shit. Um, it, well, if you need help, let me know. I'll show you how to do it. Uh-huh. Um, you can check out all the content we have from Alphas TV, such as the sci-fi movie equivalent to this show, The Atomic Cinema Experiment, a.k.a. The Ace. Um, we do sci-fi movies. That's me and Tara who are on that. And then, you know, there's a bunch of TV reviews, there's a comic book podcast, we've got a whole bunch of things going. Uh, go to the Patreon, have a look at the, the, the big list in the top post of all the links to uh, all the various audio feeds, all the various shows we do, and have a look. Uh, but is that us? I think that is the show, Tim. That's it. <laughs> That's it? Okay, well, Tim's giving me the okay. So in that case, thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, and we will see you next time. <laughs>